and welcome to the Power Switch, gaming's call-in talk radio show. My name is Peter Spasia, and today is January 31st, 2017. This is the eighth episode of the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We use Discord as a means to add and drop callers to talk about video games and switch the power that's found in a typical gaming podcast. You can join our server to participate during recordings at rhymeswithasia.com call. You can subscribe to the Power Switch on podcast services such as iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And if you could be so kind as to leave a review, that would really help as well. We're here on location in Las Vegas, Nevada, here at the Four Seasons Hotel, part of the Mandalay Bay Complex. It's part of where Evo goes down in about six months' time, a little early for that. So figured while I'm here on the West Coast, Pacific time, I mean, Las Vegas isn't totally on the best coast, but, you know, Pacific time at least, whether it's people working late on the East Coast, you know, at night here, it's around, you know, 9.30 p.m., on uh, the West Coast, figure it's a different time of day when I'm normally recording these, but I might as well do that justice for those out here. So really looking forward to talking to hopefully some some new faces here. Now, if you are new to the show, we're hoping to have these podcasts happen at least every weekend, but also during certain weekdays, generally lining up with the evenings when big game news breaks. First, I open the show for about 10 minutes to reflect on the show's main topic. Then after a small commercial break, we set up callers to join the show to either discuss the show's main topic or bring up any gaming question of their own choosing. Once that's run its course, I'll end the show with a fun segment we'll call it a day, hopefully in about an hour's time. And if that sounds like your kind of podcast, let's get right into it. So I'm sure that if you participate in social media and you follow people in the game industry, whether it's through Facebook or Twitter, but mostly Twitter, you are familiar with this send me likes for these 30 gaming questions. And if you give me so many likes, I'll answer so many questions. Well, I'm not about that. I'm not about, you know, trading likes for answers. But, you know, in these early times of the show, I do want to give kind of some insight on how I think about games, you know, certain favorites. And some of these questions are strange, especially if you've seen the list of 30. And it is difficult to pick one Per answer, you know, because there may be several, but it's difficult to narrow to just one. But to kind of get a sense and to learn a little bit more about me, uh, I figured I would answer each of these 30 gaming questions very quickly, mind you, with no cost, no likes. I guess a gift for you. So let's get started. Number one, very first video game. Uh, this is a bit tricky for me. The first one I played was Sonic the Hedgehog 2. I was over at a cousin's house, uh, but the first one I owned was Pokemon Blue. Number two, your favorite character. I'll say Naoto Shirogane from Persona 4. Number three, a game that is underrated. This is, this is interesting because I guess it depends on what is publicly perceived and then what you think of it. So I will say Star Fox Assault. It's kind of a, a weird one where... Yeah, especially the multiplayer. I mean, for those that didn't have an Xbox, that was GameCube Halo. And, you know, for someone who didn't have an N64 growing up, I, that I didn't really have the reference point of, oh, well, Star Fox 64 is great. I, I had fun with Star Fox Assault when I played it at the time. Your Guilty Pleasure game. Again, this is almost a similar circumstance where Guilty Pleasure assumes that not many people think it's great, but you really enjoy it. Uh, Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. One of my favorite games, but you talk to a lot of people and they're like, yeah, there's either, you know, great nostalgia for that game or 
a lot of people think it's like, it's not that great. The camera's terrible, all that. So yeah, Guilty Pleasure, Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. Number five, game character you feel you are most like or wish you were. Uh, I'll say Miles Edgeworth. Uh, You know, logical, uh, just very introverted, just kind of calculating. But then also has this, you know, really secret nerdy side that, (laughs) you know, taking advantage of. Uh, One I wish I were, let's say Nathan Drake. I wish I could make those crazy jumps. Number six, most annoying character, Makar. Makar from The Legend of Zelda, The Wind Waker. Definitely Makar. Number seven, favorite game couple. We'll go back to Uncharted here and say Nathan Drake and Elena Fisher. Like, that's that's a real relationship, people. Number eight, best soundtrack. Oh, this is tricky. Like, there are a lot of great soundtracks. I mean, I do a show on the side that's also on Rhymes with Asia on YouTube. It's, you know, kind of breaking down uh, best songs from game soundtracks, but... Game soundtracks could mean there could be your favorite, the one that you think sounds best, or you know what was great at the time. Uh, I'm gonna try to. I think a, a timeless one that you know really stands the test of time is well, literally time. I'm gonna say Chrono Trigger. Number nine, saddest game scene. I was between a couple here. Certainly, the intro to The Last of Us is a very gripping one, but I will say the end of The Walking Dead season one. Number 10, best gameplay. Again, it's it's very open-ended. It's very up to interpretation. Uh, one that really, really stuck with me, though, is Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain. Number 11, gaming system of choice. Well, when you have them all, there is it's certainly a choice now, isn't it? Uh, I will say PlayStation Vita. Uh, it's a great great system to play on and it actually really makes me excited for the potential of Nintendo Switch just to have that you know quality play that's portable. Number 12, a game everyone should play. Something that you think that everyone could pick up and appreciate and I I think I want to go more the angle that games are art. And so I will say Journey. Number 13, a game you've played more than 5 times, uh, whether it's whether it's the actual version, whether it's a mod, whether it's you know, any sort of variety. I even played Japanese and English. I will say Pokemon Soul Silver. Number 14, current or most recent gaming wallpaper. Uh, this is tricky because social media definitely uh, applies for a, a visual medium, uh, which this is not, not yet anyway. Uh, so I have one from Horizon Zero Dawn that is Aloy. The main character, who actually just uh, was announced that Ashley Birch will be voicing Aloy. Uh, and that's, I think that's a good choice. She did great work as Chloe Price in Life is Strange. So that'll be exciting to see that when that game comes out at the end of February. So, but yeah, there's a, it's a good wallpaper, and that's the current one for me. Post a screenshot from the game you're playing right now at number 15. Uh, I'm playing more of The Binding of Isaac Rebirth just on the go on PlayStation Vita. Uh, if it were a game that I'm continuing more, it would be The Legend of Heroes Trails in the Sky. So uh, again, it's it's kind of a balance of what I'm playing right now. Again, very visual, doesn't really work here. Number 16, the game with the best cutscenes. I will say Metal Gear Solid 2 Sons of Liberty. I know it's an older game, but you have the Kojima cinematography. Uh, you have you know the action of what's going on, but... If you look at the philosophy and all behind that game, it's kind of eerie how right Kojima has been. Number 17, favorite antagonist. Monokuma. That is all. 
play the Danganronpa games, understand the deliciously evil complexity that is Monokuma. Number 18, favorite protagonist. I'll say Commander Shepard from the Mass Effect series. Uh, you know, Not only is it a, making a protagonist your own and your own actions, but there is a baseline of what Commander Shepard is. And you know, throughout that story, through the three games, like that, that is a compelling character, regardless of how you play him. Or her. Mostly her. Number 19, picture of a game setting you wish you lived in. Uh, I want to be a Pokemon trainer. I will say Johto. Number 20, favorite genre. Uh, I was thinking of going with JRPG, uh, but I will go a little uh, narrow here. So I'll say third person, open world, action adventure. Now, action adventure, it's a super generic one. I know a lot of people don't like it, but there can be shooting, there can be melee combat, but that kind of game, open world, third person. Number 21, game with the best story. Let's go back to Metal Gear, and I'll say Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. Uh, Just a lot of compelling drama with the political sort of complexities there. Uh, Great characters, great cutscenes. Again, that's a a tough one. Um, MGS 3. Number 22, a game sequel which disappointed you. You know, there really weren't many. But come to think of it, Kingdom Hearts 3D Dream Drop Distance was not exactly the kind of sequel I was looking for. Uh, it, it was okay to have those cool new worlds, but the story didn't totally live up to it, and I did not like the drop mechanic at all. Number 23, game you think had the best graphics or art style. Uh, I'm not sure about the use of had there in past tense, but I'll say The Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker. Uh, mostly because, one, I really, really love the game, but two, the cel-shaded graphics, while it wasn't appealing at the time, I suppose, it's really stood the test of time. And, you know, while you know many games look great at the time, when you try to go the realistic style, it ages and doesn't look too great. But Wind Waker, Wind Waker always looks good. Number 24, favorite classic game. And again, I wonder when people filling these out on social media, well, what do you define classic as? Would some people say, you know, oh, Ocarina of Time, Legend of Zelda. Like, is that classic? Like, how? what, what defines classic? I'll say Sonic 3 and Knuckles. And I'm pretty sure Sega Genesis would define classic. From Sonic 2 is my first game that I played, and Sonic 3 just improves it so much. And... Adding Knuckles to everything. It's, it's great. I really like Sonic 3 and Knuckles. Number 25, almost there. Game you plan on playing. Next game I will play, really focusing on it, is The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. So I'll say that. Number 26, best voice acting. Uh, I think it can go beyond voice acting and just say acting, period. And if that's the case, I will say The Last of Us. Number 27, most epic scene ever brah it didn't really say brah but when you throw the word around epic like that uh i'll say the gathering of allies in mass effect 3 i think that's a pretty great moment that's the culmination of all your efforts and like that's that's really in a way the ending of the game you can say what you will about the mass effect 3 ending it has to narrow down ultimately you know based on all your choices but how you approach that threat is is really the real choice, you know? Number 28, favorite game developer. Uh, There are several, but if I had to pick one, I would say Naughty Dog. Number 29, a game you thought you wouldn't like, but ended up loving. That would probably be Persona 3. I had heard good things about it, and I was 
coming off of school, and it's like, oh, this game about school, I guess, I, I might as well play it, and I was hooked, and I loved it. Because number 30, my favorite game of all time is Persona 4 Golden. So I know that's a lot of questions and you didn't have to like anything. Don't you feel lucky? But there's a lot to talk about there, I'm sure. And that's really what I have to say. When we come back, we'll get to the callers. Now, what do you think about what I have to say? You can talk about, you know, if you were answering some of those questions, how you would answer them. What did you think about how I answered my questions? Love to hear your thoughts. You can also bring up whatever gaming topic you'd like to discuss. Doesn't have to be these silly 30 questions that is going everywhere on social media right now. And don't forget, you can also reply to what another caller had to say, too. That's all when we come back here on the Power Switch. Welcome back to the Power Switch. No complaints yet from any neighbors in the hotel room. And, you know, there is what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. But what happens in Vegas is being broadcast to you all. So... Glad to have everyone participate here. Joining us from California, Rita. Welcome back to the Power Switch. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. How are you doing, Peter? Pretty good. Pretty good. Glad to be here on the West Coast, even if it's for one last night, but just figured I had to get a recording down here. What's on your mind? Aside from West Coast being best coast, um, I wanted (laughs) to to touch on the the list of game things that you were talking about. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. I think I'll start off with agreeing with you on favorite antagonist being Monokuma. Um, yes. Everything about him I just absolutely adore. And you can't really say much more than that. Yes and no, because I mean, there's, there's certainly a lot of a lot of complexities there with Monokuma. But it could be even as superficial as you know the punishment. Yeah. Uh, just how wickedly evil those punishments are and... You know, you think like, oh, it, it's a bear. Like, oh, he's kind of cute. But like, you know, like, you don't know the terror of oh, Monokuma <laughs> for all of the, those Danganronpa games. Like, and I really can't wait for V3 uh, yeah. this year. But yeah, that's that's a really strong antagonist. I'm glad you agree. Yeah. I mean, they are gruesome and kind of hard to watch, but they're like the best parts of the game for me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the animation style changes and whatnot, but yeah. it's it's they are really good. And then favorite video game character, this is always changing, kind of like my favorite Pokemon. Mm-hmm. But right now it's uh, Sombra from Overwatch. Uh, okay, yeah. I like the fact that she's Mexican. There mm-hmm. is not like a Mexican video game character that I can think of off the top of my head. And she's female. So she's a pretty neat role model, I think. She's um, not necessarily like a malicious hacker for the most part, that is. But like, I don't know, she's someone to look up to. Yeah, it's great to have, you know, diversity and, you know, especially Overwatch has been a prime example of that. There's a lot of, you know, great characters to, I think, empathize with and, you know, connect with in Overwatch, but other games as well. And I think, you know, that's that's an important thing is, you know, games become a more you know, widely accepted media form, like you know, also should become progressive as well. And like, I'm totally OK with that. And like, even just a little boop, like, <laughs> I think Samba is a great choice. Yeah. My first video game, I think when I answered this question myself, because I did this on Twitter, my first video game was uh, Sonic 2. And I have a feeling a lot of people have that as their first game for some reason. Yeah, and I wonder why that is. I don't like, know. I mean, and I you know got into video games probably later than most people my age. I mean, I'm, 
mm-hmm. nearing nearing 29 here in about a week or so and i don't know what it was because you know, i had parents who kind of did the whole like you know grades come first school comes first even when i fought for the case to get a game boy color for pokemon uh, even then it was like there were you know 45 minute timers and then there were hour timers and that whole thing like you know first console was a gamecube because of that it's like it it took a while and you know to the point where I'm hosting a podcast and talking about games, like it's obviously accelerated since then. But yeah, I wonder why Sonic Two is the case because Nintendo, you know, the story is that they ruled, mm-hmm. you know, that era, and then that was at a time when I played it was you know Super Nintendo was easily already out, uh, yeah. but you know Genesis was still clicking along. Yeah, I think that's interesting that you had the same one. That's I want to. I mean, I have good memories. Did you ever play the multiplayer with with someone else? Yeah, I did with my cousin all the time. Uh, yeah, but I was yeah. tails because she was older than me. Mm, okay, <laughs> so, <laughs> didn't really count. But like, my dad came home with the Genesis, and uh, what the heck is this? I don't know what video games are. And yeah, Sonic was just one of those games that was there. I don't remember any other games besides Lion King on Genesis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lion King was a uh, <clears throat> my cousin's game. But okay. yeah, I think I had Sonic 2 for the longest time. And How easily were you able to pick up Sonic 2? Because oh. I, I realized that, you know, I had... The multiplayer was easy enough. I mean, you had the, yeah. the Mystic Cave Death Trap, which was fucking terrible, especially when you had to go all the way back to the beginning. But, uh, you know, playing the single player and mm-hmm. not having the experience of video games, I mean, it, I, it may seem laughable now, but, you know, the chemical plant... Yeah, you know, chemical water. Did a lot of my runs. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like, how uh, you know these these precise jumps and they're moving <laughs> underwater, and <laughs> I, I can't. <laughs> I, I and, and maybe like that's where so many people have that you know fear of you know the sonic drowning noise and the yeah. the music and all that. Maybe it's because you know Sonic Two was many people's first games, and maybe it's because they kept hitting that sticking point because otherwise like you're not drowning too often in sonic no that's like the only ever time other time that i can think of besides aquatic mine and adventure 2 that was like <laughs> hell when it comes to water and sonic games. oh god yeah mm-hmm. but yeah i mean after that i got n64 and then my first console that i owned myself was a game boy color with pokemon blue yeah, wow. <laughs> very, very similar, very similar past. Yeah, I had a, I had a purple Game Boy Color. Oh my yeah. god, even down to the color. We're twins. God damn, god damn, we are. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> oh boy, best soundtrack. I know it's just a recent game, but Undertale really. I keep going yeah. back to it. Yeah, I, I was considering putting that like that. That's you know, I I would say arguably the best soundtrack of at least you know 2015 at oh, least. Yeah. Um, and then I can yeah, also say uh, Persona Four golden yeah it's a good soundtrack i like snowflakes a lot that was like number two for me i, I it was really tough to find that one but you know mm-hmm. it's I, I wanted to kind of go more just what stands the test of time and yeah i think uh chrono trigger is a good <laughs> a good choice for that one mm-hmm. um guilty pleasure game this is a bit controversial um i really like the style savvy series like a lot Hmm, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's a very deep and complex game once you get into it, honestly. It's not like any other kind of, oh, I'm going to play a dress-up games on the internet because I'm a girl. Um, it's like... <laughs> you, mean, you mean it's not like those Flash games that, you know, use Disney characters and things like that? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, it's got, like, surprisingly a lot of um, challenge to it if you're not, like, aware or conscious of fashion. And it, like, grills you hardcore if you don't. 
I would suggest anybody who ever wanted to play any of those games, uh, try the newest style savvy that just came out recently. Yeah, it's, on three DS, right? Yeah, yeah. It's the best, hands down. Yeah, I I can't say I'm too familiar with those, but at the <laughs> same time, like if Nintendo keeps making sequels, they obviously sell. Mm-hmm. They obviously make them money. So there's obviously something there. And like, there's something me. in the broth and it's it's just, you know, it's just you. You're the only one buying them. And they're like, no, we gotta we gotta help Rita them. there. Oh boy. And then I guess just backlog hell that I'm in. I keep playing video games and not playing them. I got the new Final Fantasy for Christmas. Um yeah. I'm like an hour into that maybe. Any early thoughts on it? Um, it's very pretty. Yeah. I, I like the uh the opening was really funny. Stand by me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> push pushing the car, push the car. <laughs> yeah i just i don't know what's what it is about me because i don't have the attention span it seems for just like games that aren't pokemon or rhythm games mm. persona 4 golden was a really huge uh undertaking for me and i'm glad that i actually finished that because I, video games just can't keep my attention a lot of the time yeah and that's a good point because you know persona 4 golden also in particular i mean just super slow opening Mm-hmm. Like that's that's something that you could have easily just said. Ah, no, it's it's not clicking for me because yeah, they're doing a lot of you know, story setup and yeah, and not doing too much gameplay, uh, and that that is probably a flaw of that game. But you know, Final Fantasy fifteen, yeah, when you, when you get into like the mission setup and like that, it takes it takes about an hour, an hour and a half to really get a sense of you know, how to you know get the missions going and what that's like in combat. And oh, I love that. combat from what I played. Um, it reminds me of uh, Kingdom Hearts a bit. Is that very much like Kingdom Hearts? Yeah, because I haven't played a Kingdom Hearts game really. I watched my cousin play one and two, but mm-hmm. I never touched the controller. The nice thing is that in Final Fantasy 15, you get to hold down the attack button. Yeah. Whereas you know, Kingdom Hearts, it's definitely you know Bush. mash mashing. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember that. <laughs> um, I got Danganronpa one and two to get through on Vita. So then you're familiar with. The game, like how much are you familiar with then if you have to yet to get through them? I mean, I know everything. It's just like okay. I know pretty much everything. Was it through Let's Plays or something like Let's that? Play, or? Let's Plays and then just like being on the internet in general. My friends are into the series. It's it's pretty tough to avoid if you're if you're in those circles. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's a different experience when uh, you're experiencing it with friends, I guess. I don't know. Um, yeah, that almost goes back to our episode when we were talking about with spoilers. Like, I mean, when it comes down to the mystery, like, you know, does it make a difference if you're spoiled? And but you, then you get to see the execution of everything. Mm-hmm. So like, that's that's interesting. The execution of everything, you say. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I was thinking maybe because when it comes to me with Vita, my memory card is just so small, and like mm. I can't hold everything at once on there. And it's like, do I want Dragon's Crown or do I want Danganronpa? So I'm just thinking, do I play this on computer instead? Because they're on PC. They are on PC. Uh, that's a good question. I, I think it works really well on, on portable for Danganronpa. Yeah. As much, I mean, I do have it in my Steam library actually through through my wife, and I just can't imagine sitting down at a PC to play those games. It's yeah, because you know, especially with the visual novel format, just the portability to just you know stop stop and start you know whenever uh, that I think that really helps it. Definitely. Um, did you ever play uh, Despair Girls? Yes, I did. How did you like that one? I wasn't a fan of the combat, mm-hmm. uh, particularly the challenge rooms. I, I know I, I got some of them, but you know I I know it's it was about score chasing and 
you know, getting the, the bonuses at the end, especially with items. I got to a point where like, if I could see the setup, I would try to get it. But more often than not, it's like, no, I'm just going to destroy the Monokumas. <laughs> however, yeah. um, I thought the story was, it was okay. It was interesting to see the, the sibling characters. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say that like, that was really neat. Um, um the, but, but. the antagonists with the, the children, like, yeah. you know, wasn't wasn't great Mm-mm. um the the big monokuma hook at the end i loved yeah loved, loved loved yeah i feel like that's a good pstv game yeah i think that that's a good point i mean i played it mostly on on flights um which it, it worked but i think that could really work on pstv sure one final game that i keep going back to is like i said i think at the end of last time is uh, hasune miku uh, future tone Mm. This is a compilation of basically all the greatest hits of all the other games, including the arcade, too. So it's How many games have there been? There was like two or three on PS3 and PSP, and then X came out on PS4 and Vita, and then this is the fifth one, I think, and then okay, okay. two on 3DS. Now, do they play anything like Persona 4 Dancing All Night? I'm very unfamiliar with the um, games. With the Hatsune Miku, a lot of the notes go along to the uh, lyrics of the song. Mm-hmm. So, like, say she starts singing really fast, they're going to be pressing the buttons really fast. Um, you really have to know the songs to do well at the game. I've heard through reviews of Future Tone that people who weren't too familiar with the Miku songs had a really hard time getting into it. Mm. But, as far um, as, like, the visual you know, representation of the rhythm, though. Oh, they come in from, like the size of the screen and they're just kind of all over the place. I'm trying to think of dancing all night where it's like, Oh, it just comes up from the background. Like you match it up to the thing, but like they're kind of flying everywhere. I was just thinking, because like I'm, I'm familiar with Dancing All Night, uh, yeah. and then they had the the Miku DLC, and I went like, was that just you know a happenstance for Sega, or was like there any connection because of the rhythm sort of gameplay? I don't know. I mean, yeah, I mean, I kind of can compare um, Dancing All Night to Miku, and the fact that some of the songs in Dancing All Night are kind of to the lyrics in a way. Mm, you know, right, sometimes. the timing, yeah, yeah, but. Speaking of Miku in Persona 4 Dancing, it's interesting that they added her because it actually makes sense that she's in there. I know a lot of people are like, why is Miku in this? But like, they go into the internet, and I think that should just explain it right there, right? Yeah, and idol culture, and yeah, yeah, that that does make sense, sure. Adachi made less sense, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, he did. But yeah, I mean, Miku Future Tone is a good game. It's uh, $53, I think, because uh, you can buy the game in parts. You can either buy songs from like the Sony side of it, like the PS4, PS3 games, or you can go arcade and 3DS songs. It just depends on which console you played them more on. A lot of people are coming from probably like the PS3 era of Niku games. And mm. uh, it just looks really nice because they basically just ported the arcade game to PS4 and it's the best that Miku has ever looked, basically. Very interesting. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing. I mean, people can find you on the internet. You explained it last time. It's <laughs> Calisthegia, but with An, a capital a I. I instead of a, a lowercase L. Very interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's me. Well, Rita, thank you so much for joining. Really appreciate the time here on the West Coast. No problem. We are the best coast. <laughs> All right. Take care. Tim.
And joining us from Arizona, David, welcome to the Power Switch. How are you? I'm doing good. Happy to be here. Great. Thank you for joining us. What's on your mind? Well, actually, I was going to go with, along with the first, the 30-day challenge. Probably could start off with the very first game I ever played, and that was Super Mario Brothers 2. Okay. Yes. Okay. I was going to say, if you said Sonic 2, like that might just be a little weird that, you know, all of us, that was our first game. But Super Mario Brothers 2, that's, yes. that's an interesting one. And to have it be so different for, you know, a Mario game. Yeah, so when I then went on to play Super Mario Brothers three, I was very confused as why yeah. I couldn't pick thing like I couldn't pick fruit and just <laughs> and and where's the the rocket ship that takes me just anywhere? <laughs> yeah, I didn't know I was playing the wrong game until like ten years later when the internet really became a thing and right we learned about all that stuff. Yeah, and I played that game through Super Mario Advance on GBA. So again, like another weird way to to play that game, and that was probably before I, yeah, I don't think I'd ever played a, a Mario game. So that was probably my first Mario game as well. Come to think of it, <laughs> if you can make it through that, you could make it through anyone. That's that's probably true. I didn't make it very far though. <laughs> <laughs> the next one I'll talk about is the most annoying character, mm-hmm. and there's only a single character that comes to mind whenever anyone mentions annoying, and this I is from that. Persona Four. And that's, is it it's Teddy. Teddy? Yeah. Teddy frustrates me so much. I don't think you're alone in that. Um, no. Yeah, the puns are can be a bit much, but I don't know. I, I think, <laughs> if anything, when he grows the body by doing sit-ups, <laughs> I, I think that character annoys me more than the bear. But Human Teddy I, is I, the worst. I think Teddy's the worst out of the party. Yeah, but no, I—he's he, not that bad. I'm—I'm I'm a Teddy apologist. I'll say it. It's okay. We'll forgive you. In order to give myself and make myself feel better, I bought Persona Four Ultimax Arena mm-hmm. just to get the little blow-up doll. Yeah, and I just beat the crap out of it. I have it as well, and I think it's a good thing to do it you got to tie it down though from the bottom because then it's like the bag that bounces right back up yeah or i just uh i went into training mode and set teddy to not do anything and i just wailed on him yeah arena games those were those were interesting uh you know with with teddy's character and the general and (laughs) yeah those were those were it was interesting my current background on my pc is Mm -hmm. kiria kuruno from uh Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Oh, yeah. It's like from the big animated music video that she does. Yeah, it's in the Reincarnation. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and that's like, oh, it's such a good song. Such a good song. And so I just have her dressed like that on just straight out of the game on my background. I can see that. That's, that's, a good, that's a good background. I need to play more of Tokyo Mirage Sessions, sharp F-E. Because I only got so far, but... Yeah, that the reincarnation song. Like that's the one from the reveal trailer. Like that's the one most people know if yeah, they're familiar with the game. Like it's that's a good song. And she has the Jotaro hat. So yes, yeah, she, yeah, she does. Good choice. But before that, I actually had a character from Tales of Asperia. Mm. She was a lot of fun. Just cute anime girls, you know. Throw that on your background. Nothing wrong with cute anime girls. <laughs> so the game I've played five times mm-hmm. is. Tales of Symphonia on the GameCube. 
Yeah, I can see that. That's a long game, though. It is, especially when you think about the fact, until it was re-released on PS3, I've never owned the game. Oh, really? Okay. It was just rentals, or? I rented the game so much over summer, winter, and fall breaks, I was able to beat the game five times. Wow. That's, that's amazing. I probably forced my grandmother to spend like $300 on that one game. <laughs> oh, jeez. I only played that game and beat it within the last few years, and I, I enjoyed it. I mean, certain parts of the, the forest is is frustrating oh there's certain uh, things that just make you want to rip your hair out but yeah but no i mean really good characters and like i need to play more tales games i mean vesperia is is itching and you know hearing good things about berseria it's like i, I should play another tales game i really yeah. should so for the most epic scene and honestly the way that it always works is the most epic scene in gaming is the one that's freshest in your mind <laughs> It does seem to be that way, doesn't it? So for me, the most epic scene is the final confrontation in Final Fantasy XV. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good final boss fight. It like is. it's 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 similar to to the Leviathan fight in in the sense mm-hmm. like it, it's it's chaotic. Some people say that though the gameplay isn't great because you don't have control, like you don't know what you're doing. Like it's just it's a mess. Like I can see that. But at the same time, like the grand sense of power, like you're not really supposed to be in control. I never understood that complaint because mm-hmm. I didn't know you could hold the circle button to attack. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. That <laughs> so would that would not change things, yeah. I was like, I have complete control. What do you mean? Every time I hit circle button, he attacks. <laughs> that's that's interesting. That's a good point. But yeah, to have the full power and like there's a lot going on, but like that's yeah. the point. You're you're powerful. <laughs> and unfortunately, it's such a new game, you don't want to talk about it. <laughs> mhm. I don't think, you know, I'm giving it too much away or anything like that. But, yeah, I, I can see that. Like, it's a, it's a great moment, great game. Oh, yeah. It's, I enjoyed the game so much that I ended up actually writing a paper on it. So that's going to be oh, 10% nice. of my English grade. And whenever you can write papers about video games in college, it's, that's always a, a plus. The next game I plan to play is going to be one that doesn't make sense for a college student because it's going to take forever. But I'm gonna play a visual novel in Steinsgate. Yeah, I really want to get into Steinsgate. Like that's you know after playing Danganronpa, especially like that's another one where it's a visual novel and it's you know complex themes and all that. But like, and I think what's the next visual novel I should play? And like Steinsgate comes to mind. Uh, they have the anime, but I'm like no, I should probably go for the games first. Yeah, I'd be interested to hear what you think because that's one I'm I'm itching to try as well. Yeah, I keep bringing up that I want to play Steins Gate, and they're like, "Oh, they have an anime. Just watch the anime." Like, no, it's it's not the point. <laughs> there's an anime of Fate Stay Night, but you still play the visual novel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to actually play it. I'm probably gonna when we're done with this, I'm gonna download it onto my Vita. Nice. Good stuff. Use my Vita for something. Hey, you know the the Vita Vita is a good good device, but okay. I'm I'm looking forward to bringing the Switch around on trips for sure. Okay, I bought the Vita for one game. Yeah. Persona Four Golden. Yeah, I, that's that's the one game you gotta buy it for. <laughs> it's like I bought the Vita and Golden, and I put it in, and my buddy's like, "So you bought the Vita? Yep. What games are you gonna play? Game." 
It's my, That's all you need. That's all you my need. Persona 4 Golden Machine. Well, David, thank you so much for calling in to the Power Switch. Where can people find you on the internet? Um, I go by decaf78. So Twitter and Tumblr, find, follow me on them. I mainly just talk about games, sports, and anime. Good stuff. Thank you for calling in. Really appreciate the time. Always great to be here, Peter. All right. Thanks, Rita and David, for tuning in on this Pacific Coast different time episode. Really appreciate it. When we come back, let's talk about some game headlines that have popped up and what it means for the future and what to keep in mind. That's all when we come back here on the Power Switch. Welcome back to the Power Switch. This week's Tempo Control music is brought to you by Professor Layton versus Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney. You can find a new video game music top 10 list from a specific game soundtrack every Tuesday over at youtube.com slash rhymeswithasia. Now let's have a segment that I like to call Things to Think About. Several game headlines have happened recently where they kind of pose some questions to keep in the back of our heads going forward. Whether that's, you know, stories to still develop further or just good lessons to keep in mind as we think about games and game news. So as I'm here in Las Vegas, it's almost fitting that Kotaku puts up a story written by Jason Schreier about rumors of Fallout New Vegas 2. And Jason really takes the site Frag Hero to task here. Uh, Frag Hero being this website of game news that has really had this integration, you know, taking advantage of SEO, search engine optimization with, with Google and being a big presence on Facebook. I mean, some people are seeing Fallout New Vegas 2 on their Facebook pages when such a game does not exist. Obsidian is not working on a sequel to Fallout New Vegas. It's not fallout new orleans or anything like that it's fake it's totally bogus you know actual reporting uncovers that you know obsidian is working on pillars of eternity 2 with a a fig fundraiser but that doesn't stop fake news and i know the the term and the phrase is charged with all sorts of different things but the fact is the actual term fake news has a meaning and it's not just blaming the mainstream media because I don't like what they say, so they are fake news. No, it's making up fraudulent stories, whether it's to gain notoriety, to try to sway public opinion falsely. There are many purposes, but the reason is it's false. It's fake, and they're trying to be news. I mean, read the article on Kotaku. I mean, Frag Hero, when it even comes to editing stories you know, after publishing them to try to change the facts that they are trying to represent. They may represent one thing and then as other truths come to light, well, they may just delete certain parts of the story that weren't right. Or they may change certain things that they may look like they were right all along when they really weren't. This is fake news. This is something that we need to keep an eye out in the video game industry and really all industries, but just something that to keep in mind for games in particular, just something to think about. Also, Electronic Arts just had their financial call today uh, you know, to confirm new Battlefront games for fall 2017. Also, a new need for speed as well. The game is a couple years off, at least the franchise is. Also, the, the biggest thing I think to keep in mind is BioWare 
has a new IP in the works, and it's been worked on for a long time, since 2012, and it's the original Mass Effect team. After all, you know, it's a different Mass Effect team that's working on Andromeda. Uh, but this is a new IP that's going to be coming in Q1 2018 at the end of the fiscal year. And it's interesting that they're really just talking in vague terms, but they're saying it's going to be an RPG with character development, kind of a skew more to action, and it's going to bring players together in a new universe. Uh, that's, it seems like they're almost maybe just by that description, almost trying to go after Destiny a little bit. I mean, Destiny from Activision, maybe Bioware is going to give this big new franchise. It's a new IP, but EA exclusively will own and publish it. And that'll be really interesting to see. I think just something to think about is after Mass Effect and you know the original creation that was and how big that was. Can this new creation match that level of intensity and innovation? Uh, that should be really interesting to see how that develops. Or on the Nintendo side of things, the Animal Crossing mobile game has been delayed. It's certainly interesting after you know Super Mario Run, they put out the numbers that there were like 78 million downloads, which is crazy, but only four or five million actually bought the game, which is it's still fine for an early Nintendo game. Now we have Fire Emblem Heroes coming out in really just a couple of days here. Uh, so the thought is, could be a few reasons why it was delayed. Nintendo's arguing that it's just, well, we need to make way for Fire Emblem Heroes. We want to give that game time to shine. If you ask game insiders like Liam Robertson, he reported you know, pretty recently that, well, the Animal Crossing mobile game has undergone some pretty significant changes. So it may need to be reworked, and that may cause a delay, which it certainly has happened to delay. Or you could think, maybe being hopeful, that... Well, maybe an Animal Crossing Switch game might be in the works. After it all, it only makes sense. And there should be some sort of tie-in between that and a mobile game, right? All possible things to think about, but, you know, the Animal Crossing mobile game getting pushed back to really who knows how long. And something to think about whenever it does get revealed, what's, what's the real story there? And finally, the, the big news in politics is the immigration ban and it's it's a ban no matter how many people try to spin it as otherwise that donald trump decided to enact on muslim majority countries that he did not do business with but posed no imminent threat some people like to say oh well obama and carter no, they did the same thing and it's not the same thing when you don't allow green card owners back in the country. That's a whole other thing entirely. What does it mean for the game industry? Well, it means the game industry is on edge as well. I mean, go check out Insomniac's video and the stand that they make. Uh, there's also the fact being thrown around that you know, Final Fantasy 1 was coded by an Iranian immigrant entirely by himself. Like that game and that series maybe even would not exist if it weren't for immigrants from those countries. It's just frustrating to think about. And then when you consider that the Entertainment Software Association is asking for caution from Trump, I mean, the fact that you could think that maybe E3 or Game Developers Conference, GDC, could possibly be moved someplace like Canada because of the people around the world in the game industry that may not be able to come into the United States to, you know, meet with their peers to celebrate their craft, that it's so dangerous and it's so irresponsible. So something to think about, how will the policies enacted by the president of the United States, I want to gag by saying that, but 
how will that impact the game industry? And we talked about it last episode and the fact with you know costs of games and the cost to make games, but that was more talking about trades and, and tariffs and things like that. This takes it to a whole other level and it's it's unnerving, it's scary, and it's something to think about. Not to totally end it on a down note, but that will do it for this episode of The Power Switch here on location from Las Vegas. We are hosted by RhymesWithAsia.com and we're on YouTube and Twitch at RhymesWithAsia. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Power Switch. You can email us any questions, concerns, comments, or opportunities at PowerSwitchPod at gmail.com. Most importantly, to participate in future episodes, you should join our community on Discord by visiting rhymeswithasia.com slash call. It's a small but growing community, and in these early months of the show, it'll be easier than ever to have your voice heard on this podcast. So if you want a YouTube video to watch this week, I guess you can see what I made from my work. If that's something you're interested in, uh, I was in Maine for a couple episodes ago, and I recorded there, but... I was there for a Dodge Challenger program where they have the Dodge Challenger GT. It's an all-wheel drive muscle coupe. And, you know, just a, normally a real-wheel drive car, but to have the capability in all-wheel drive. So I'll link it in the show notes. If you're interested in checking out something that I shot and edited, that's something I did, I guess. You know, keeping the, keeping the segment going here with something to watch. But, man, I've been all over, and I probably haven't checked my YouTube subscription in a few days. That's a little strange. And we hope we'll be back home, you know, for the weekend. We'll hopefully get some more people on the show. But thanks again to Rita and David for joining us here on this this late episode. I know it's it's technically February first already in Eastern time, probably when I'm posting this. But yeah, it's still the 31st here on the Pacific time zone. Anyway, stay tuned to our Discord channel to check when our next episode is going to be recorded and when that all develops. Regardless, whether it's live or on your own time, I look forward to you joining us for our next episode. With that, I'm Peter Spasia. Until next time, switch up, call in, game on.